Welcome to the Awake Podcast. This is Noelle Yates, and I'm so glad you've chosen to join me today. If this is your first time, I encourage you to go back and listen to a few of the other podcasts that I've done. I'm still a bit new to this, but some of the other ones will tell you a little bit about this theme of awake and what that really means to me, why I'm passionate about the work that I do. And it'll also share with you some of the stories from my most recent journeys to India and Thailand, and I'd love for you to hear all about that. But today I want to talk about something called alternate endings, and I'll explain more about what I mean about that in a bit, but in order to do that, I need to start with a story. So you see, when I was growing up, my dad always wanted a son. But instead, he was blessed with three daughters. I was the oldest and I had two younger sisters. But finally, when I was a senior in high school, he finally got his son when they adopted my brother. So when I was growing up, in some ways, I think my dad kind of compensated for his desire of wanting to have a son by buying us toys that typically were meant for boys. And I still remember having Star Wars spaceships and figurines and you know all the characters and things uh, to go along with the movies at the time. And when most of the girls my age were probably playing with Barbie dolls, I was playing with Star Wars sets, but I loved it. And I've always loved the Star Wars movies. And I read recently that in the sixth episode of the Star Wars saga, which was Return of the Jedi, Harrison Ford's character Han Solo was actually supposed to die. You see, the original script included his death in a a raid on an Imperial base, but reportedly, George Lucas was worried about what killing off one of the main characters would do to sales and, and merchandising and just the massive franchise that Star Wars had become. So instead, what did we see? We saw an alternate ending. One that the audience could be more comfortable with. One that left us feeling good and hopeful and one that kept us coming back for more. We saw the Ewoks in a teddy bear luau. And you know, alternate endings are really prevalent in the film and television industry. Some endings are just simply left on the cutting room floor. Others are deleted scenes that are included in the actual release of the film, letting us, the audience, choose the ending that we like best. And you know, usually I don't want a choice. I like to know how the story ends. And typically there should only be one ending. But every once in a while, a movie, you know, takes me on a journey that leads me to believe an expected ending is coming. And when that ending doesn't come the, the way that I expected it would come, I'm sort of left feeling unsatisfied and confused. And, and the movie leaves me in a place that it just doesn't feel quite right. It's not where I thought the story was going. It's not the ending that I would have chosen. And this past year, I found myself desperately longing for an alternate ending to real life. Not a movie, but my real life story. And it's a story I've been telling nearly as long as I can remember. And I guess you could say that in some ways, it's the story of my life. You see, more than 25 years ago, I met a special little boy on the streets of Brazil. His name was Nildo. 
He was a street child. His father had abandoned him. His mother could not afford to take care of him. He slept on the street. He had no clothes or shoes. He was dirty and hungry. And if you go back and listen to my very first podcast, you can hear this whole story in detail, but it was a pivotal moment in my life. And I was able, along with my family, to help get Nildo off the street, to get him into a children's home where his his life was dramatically changed. But I remember in that moment, a well-meaning Brazilian pastor saying to our group, why why are you trying to help this one little boy? Do you know how many street children there are in the country of Brazil? There is no way you can help them all. And I always had looked back on that moment and remembered his words and realized that he was right. There wasn't any way as a young teenage girl that I could help all the street children in Brazil, but that's not what God was calling me to do. He had put one little boy in my path and I could make a difference for him. That was a pivotal moment in my life. Nildo grew into a fine young man. He ended up helping other children just like him and and even starting a family of his own. He was able to come to the States for a visit where we were able to spend time with each other and reconnect. He became a Christ follower and his story has literally touched and inspired thousands around the world. And to say his life changed mine would be an understatement. I have a picture of Nildo when he was a little boy and I have a picture of him as an adult and every time I look at that adult picture I still see the face of that little boy that I met on the streets that day and I couldn't imagine what his life would have been like had we not met that day but as I got older what I started to think about more was what would my life had been like had we not met that day. And then maybe I was the lucky one. So you see, a little over a year ago, when I received the tragic news that Nildo had passed unexpectedly, a senseless death, it was hard for me to take. It was unexpected. It was a total surprise. And in one quick phone call, the story of my life, Nildo, was gone. My inspiration, my motivation, my mountaintop experience, and my success story to prove the work that I do is important. It had disappeared in what seemed like an instant In our connected world today, there's no time for grief. There's no time to process things privately. We are expected uh, to instantly post and comment and like and have 140 characters to wrap it all up in nicely. And I couldn't talk about it. Instead, I fumed inside because this wasn't part of my story. This wasn't the story that I had created. This was not the story I had been telling people all these years. No, this was not my story because my story had a happy ending 
one that I could explain and tie to a practical, inspirational truth. My story made sense. But this story, this reality that I was being forced to consider, it felt like some kind of alternate ending to a movie that I didn't even want to see. You see, my story gave people the ending they craved. It kept them coming back for more. It gave them hope. And it neatly wrapped up an important truth that if we reach out and do our part, lives can be changed. Nildo was that shining example of a life transformed. He was inspiration to look past the masses and zero in on the one child, the one person God has put in your path. Nildo helped us see the one. And that is what I thought his story was all about. That is what I thought my story was all about. And that's how I thought God wanted to use our stories. But God's been showing me now more than ever before that Neildo's story was never my story to begin with. I was just a small part of his story, a big, beautiful story, but one that I cannot write all the chapters in. There's no alternate ending to choose from, just one tragic end to a life beautifully lived. And here's the question I've started to ask myself. How much are we willing to risk to let God write our stories? And am I really brave enough to let God write my story, my whole story, with no alternate endings to choose from? You see, we get into trouble when we start to think that we can save the world Yes, we can make a difference, but we cannot save and we cannot write all the chapters in the story. We're just all supporting roles up for best supporting actor or actress, but make no mistake, there is only one writer and only one person up for the Oscar for best screenplay. This is God's story and he is writing it his way, one changed life at a time. If I'm honest, truly honest, I'm still angry. But my anger is a righteous one. As Bill Hybels calls it, it's a holy discontent. It's one that longs for a world where children are never abandoned and forgotten. It's one that longs for a world where children don't have to live with those scars and, and fight those fears for the rest of their lives. For a world that allows full healing and recovery on this side of heaven. A world where love does win. You see, I long for a new world. And maybe... Maybe that's what living out an authentic faith truly means. Maybe this is what we are supposed to do, supposed to think about. Maybe that longing is what drives us and pushes us and inspires us to keep going against all odds. That desire to restore hope and bring God's kingdom to life here on earth, not in the future, but in our time. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because in the end, that is what hope is all about and what our lives should be all about. Hope restored 
to a hurting world. And while the pain of Nildo's death is still real, the one thing I know is this. Nildo lived. He lived, and because he lived, I lived. I have lived a life that would have been very different without meeting him. And because he lived, his story touched thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands, inspiring them to get involved, to see the one person they can make a difference in their lives and to do something about it. He lived and became a son, a brother, and a true friend loved by so many. And my one comfort is that this child who bore the scars of abandonment and fear and loneliness and pain now rests in the arms of a loving God, truly rescued once and for all. As I was still reeling from the pain of hearing this news, I had a friend send me a very kind and wise email And he said, as we age and our friends leave us for the next great adventure, I struggle with the inevitable periods of grief. But I also know I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance. Take it from an old man. It's the dance, Noel. It's all about the dance. You know, it's true. You and I... We, we can't save all the abandoned babies in the world. We can't personally help all the refugees in the Middle East. We can't bring clean water to each and every person suffering without it. But you know what? We can help the ones who are in front of us. That's what Nilda's story taught me and what it's still teaching me even after his death. You know, In the Gospels, we see this idea demonstrated constantly in Jesus' ministry. We we see him feed the 5,000 and look out at the crowds with great compassion, but most of the time, he focuses his time and attention on the few and often on the one. He, He heals the lame beggar. He gives sight to the blind man. He visits the woman at the well. He calls Zacchaeus out from the tree. He he raises Lazarus from the dead and he meets with Nicodemus in the dead of night. He leaves the 99 behind to find the one who is lost. Jesus, the very one who could heal the entire world of all of its pain with a single word, chose to devote his life to 12 disciples and a handful of outcasts. Seeing the one wasn't just important to him. It was the way he changed the world. Following Jesus's example doesn't make all the problems in the world go away, but it does help us get our arms around it to to focus in, to see the one and how we can make a difference. This work, it's not always easy. And I've found that sometimes it will literally break your heart. But as my friend reminded me, it's all about the dance. God is teaching me. He is teaching me to give up the luxury of alternate endings in my life, to give up control of my own story and to jump into the story that he is writing. It's a story of hope that can change the world. 
Thank you so much for listening in today. You can continue to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Noelle Yates. And you can read more about my initiatives and see videos and photos on my website at noelleyates.com. And until next time, may we all find ourselves awake and doing a world of good.